Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are the wind in the sails of your business. We are your compass. Chart your course towards your targets. Africa Business Radio. Towards a profitable Africa. Hello there, it's time for another News Periscope podcast. This podcast rounds up and brings you the news from around the world over the last seven days. Compliments of the season to you all. My name is Titilayo Oinso, and in the highlights, President Buhari writes National Assembly explains reasons for declining assent to the Electoral Act Amendment Bill. Federal government issues travel advice. Lagos fouls clampdown as COVID-19 infections soar. On the foreign scene, sixth child in Australia, Bouncy Castle fall, dies in hospital. Brexit minister resigns, deepening crisis engulfing British prime minister. And South Africa's Ramaphosa recovers from COVID-19 and resumes work. And now to details. Presidential spokesperson Garba Shehu has said President Muhammadu Buhari is not legally bound to publicly declare his decision on the 2021 Amendment Electoral Act Amendment Bill, sent to him for assent a month ago. The bill, transmitted from the National Assembly to the State House on November 19th, exceeded its 30-day window for the president to sign or withhold his assent to it on Sunday. While speculations continue to trail the proposed legislation, Garba Shehu, on a monitored program, argued that his boss owes no obligation to make his decision public despite the provision of the Constitution. The president's spokesperson further argued that taking such a decision to the public without the knowledge of the National Assembly will amount to unkind treatment of the lawmakers. It's about to happen, or already has happened. Either the president has signed or has declined the signature. For us, the executive arm of the government, there is a protocol governing communication with the National Assembly. Even when we know, even when we have seen it, we don't make a disclosure. The National Assembly would feel rather unkindly treated if uh, we go on the pages of newspaper and say, this is where or what the president is saying. So please, allow time. I don't know. I haven't seen anything and haven't been briefed. I think that you are making the assumption that as we speak there is no decision and i'm not in a position to tell you yes or no but uh, given the way things are done the president would have completed his consultations uh, some time back the president would be communicating with the national assembly whatever he decides either yes or no 
River State Governor Yesam Wike, however, is not surprised that the president failed to meet the deadline on assent to the bill. Uh, I did say, and it's very clear, and, uh, that the president was not going to sign uh, the Electoral Act Amendment Bill. Uh, so I continue to say it, and I stand firm, because I know Mr. President, and I know the government, I know the party in power. Senior Advocate of Nigeria, Ebonlu Adigburua, SAN, has urged the National Assembly to veto the Electoral Act Amendment Bill if President Muhammadu Buhari refuses to sign it. Adigburua, in a statement, said the failure of the president to assent the bill before traveling for a summit in Turkey was truncating the reforms encapsulated in the bill. On his part, another senior advocate of Nigeria, Robert Clark, said the ball is in the court of the National Assembly. If it's for the good of the country, if it's for the good of the masses, they should have the courage. But the problem is that all these things are nice in politics. And once policy takes over anything, you cannot get any benefit from it. What I will say, to be honest with you, is that let everybody in the National Assembly vote his conscience. If they believe that what Mr. President is doing, regardless of the fact that he's the president, is not for the interest of the common man, they should veto it. If honestly they believe that Mr. President is correct, and they are wrong, they should look inwards and make the necessary amends. The bottom line of everything is that you and I, we want a free and fair election. Whichever way we can get it, let us have it, please. The lawmakers are expected to resume plenary on Tuesday and embark on the Christmas and New Year break soon after. President Muhammadu Buhari is terribly sad and agonized at the renewed attacks on Kaduna State, where about 38 people were killed by terrorists in Giwa local government area of the state last Sunday. This is coming from his senior special assistant on media and publicity to the president, Garba Shehu, in a statement expressing Buhari's sadness at the gruesome nature of the recent incidents in Kauran Fawa, Marke, and Ruhiya of Idasu Ward, of Giwa local government area. President Buhari described the killings as unacceptable, affirming that security forces have turned the heat on as terrorists who are getting frustrated are soft-targeting innocent citizens, looting their assets, burning their homes, and killing them indiscriminately. Imo State Governor Hope Ozodima says he will disclose the names of those sponsoring insecurity in the state. The governor said this while addressing elected officials of the All Progressives Congress, APC. He said 18 suspects arrested by security agencies had made confessional statements and revealed the names of those sponsoring insecurity in the state. Uzodima added that he would disclose these names during a meeting with the stakeholders in Imo scheduled for January 3rd, 2022. All the people that we are hired to kill our people, we have started picking all of them. As much we pick a suspect, one of them has confessed those who are paying them. We have gotten the bank account from where they have been transferring money to them. And we have seen them. When I will address the most of on January 3rd, I will call their names one by one. 
The federal government this Monday advised Nigerians against non-essential local and international travels during the festive period as COVID-19 cases continue to rise in the country. The Nigeria Center for Disease Control gave the advice in its latest COVID-19 situation report, just as the Lagos state government vowed to get tough with the violators of compulsory tests for international inbound passengers. Also, officials of states, including Bauchi, Ogun and Kano, said this week they would intensify measures to ensure compliance with safety protocols and mass vaccination. They stated that they stated this as COVID-19 cases in the country increased by 761.45% within two weeks. Amid the surging cases, the NCDC advised Nigerians on non-essential international and local travels during the festive period. The NCDC confirmed in its latest report that no fewer than 845 passengers tested positive within one week. To stop the spread of the virus, the Lagos state government on Sunday said it was on the trail of inbound travelers who evaded mandatory COVID-19 tests. The state said it would tighten entry formalities at the airport to win the war against COVID-19. The Academic Staff Union of Universities, ASU, has resolved to put aside its plan to proceed on an industrial action to compel federal government to meet its demands. Instead, the union said it's decided to go for more consultations and give government opportunity to address all outstanding issues rising from the December 2020 Memorandum of Action, MOA. ASU had threatened to take measures which included downing tools to get government to address its demands. However, in a statement issued by ASU President Professor Emmanuel Oshodeke, the union said it took account of efforts by many patriotic Nigerians, both within and outside the country, to ensure amicable resolution of the dispute. A sixth child has died from injuries suffered in a bouncy castle accident in Australia last week. 11-year-old Chase Harrison had his life support switched off at Hobart Hospital on Sunday, three days after the accident. He was among nine students who fell 32 feet from an inflatable castle when it was lifted up by wind at a school fair in Devonport, Tasmania. The political crisis engulfing British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has deepened with the resignation of a close ally, Brexit Minister David Frost, who cited pandemic restrictions and the government's direction of travel. Frost has been handling Britain's post-Brexit negotiations with the European Union. Frost voiced his dissatisfaction with the government's policies in a speech last month, saying he was worried Britain wasn't taking advantage of its exit from the EU to chart a new course of limited government, lower taxes and reduced regulation. The Ariwa Consultative Forum on Monday expressed its frustration and anger over what appears to be an endless killing in northern parts of the country. In a statement by the ACF spokesperson Emmanuel Yahweh, the group said it is outrageous that those elected to govern the people have not deemed it fit to visit the places where citizens were brutally murdered. Recently, 38 persons were hacked to death in Giwa local government area of Kaduna State. 
Reacting to the incident, ACF, while joining the governor of Kaduna and the president in consoling those who suffered losses, called on all the states and the federal government to show more empathy in such grave security breaches. According to the ACF, those affected by the savage attacks within the region are often less to think that their lives don't count. Security expert Dr. Kabiru Adamu said the call by the ACF is not different from similar made in the past by other groups condemning the killings in the north. Yes, so uh, that reaction is in line with um, recent reactions by several other groups. If you recall, starting from about a fortnight ago, different modern groups have come out more, you know, forcefully to demand for increased action by government against the insecurity. In fact, since the killing in Sokoto, uh, where uh, almost about 40 commuters were touched by um, suspected bandits or terrorists, depending on what, what you you prefer to use, um, northern groups have come up, and we've seen protests already in Abuja, in Katsina. So this uh, latest um, you know, statement by uh, the Ariwa Conservative Forum is in line with that. And I think it's absolutely important that the government listens to the calls of the people. When- he had this to say on the belief by the ACF that government had not done enough to stop the killings. The incident that led to the ACF statement is an attack in Giwa, local government in Kaduna, where as of today, the, the death of about 41, 42 persons have been confirmed. And so it's very difficult to, you know, defend government's action in terms of its ability to stop these killings. When in one go, groups can come and kill up to 40 persons, you know, and then um, almost this happened on over the weekend until today. Monday, nobody has been arrested. So clearly, uh, this call by the ACS is in line with uh, demand by virtually all Nigerians for increased action by both the federal and uh, state government. Crisis rocking Kano State chapter of the ruling APC is far from over as groups in support and against the governor Abdullahi Ganduje staged separate protests in Abuja, Nigeria. Protesters in support of the governor want Senate President to sack Senator Barao Jibrin as the chairman of the Appropriation Committee, while those against the governor demanded for his prosecution. The internal crisis in Kano APC led to a parallel Congress in October this year, despite some intervention by the leadership of the party. Those who led pro-Ganduje group Adamu Matuazu and Igwe Umanaka described Senator Barao Jibrin as a disloyal party member. This man has proven to be an untrustworthy parliamentarian. As such, we are calling on the Senate President to, without further delay, remove Senator Barao Jibrin as the head of the Appropriation Committee. That is our stand. This struggle is going to be a continuous struggle. Senator Barao Jibrin should go. That should be the irreducible minimum standard. He said, disaster already noted and named. It is therefore a matter of patriotic duty for you, the Senate President, to act in national interest by removing him as a matter of dire urgency. But Sunday, Afuku, who led those in support of Senator Jibrin, disagreed. On the foreign scene, South African President Cyril Ramaphosa on Monday returned to work after spending a week in isolation after a positive COVID test. Ramaphosa, who is fully vaccinated, felt unwell after leaving a state memorial service for former President F.W. de Klerk in Cape Town 
on December 12th as his nation battles an exponential increase of cases of the Omicron coronavirus variant. A statement from the office of the president said Cyril Ramaphosa has ended a week of self-isolation which followed his positive test for COVID-19 on the 12th of December 2021. South Africa, where the highly mutated Omicron variant was first detected last month, is Africa's worst-hit country. According to official tallies of virus cases, more than 3.3 million infections logged and more than 90,000 deaths. President Mohamedou Buhari on Tuesday explained reasons for declining his assent to the Electoral Amendment Bill. This was disclosed in a letter read on the floor of the National Assembly on the 21st of December. In November, the National Assembly transmitted the bill to the President for his assent. Compulsory direct primaries for political parties and electronic transmission of election results are among the amendments proposed by the National Assembly. Senate President Ahmad Lawan, while reading the letter, said the President noted that the amendment may open up the electoral system to a plethora of litigations based on diverse grounds and issues of law adding that adopting direct primary violates spirit of democracy. He said the direct primary mode will also lead to a spike in the cost of election and increase the cost by INEC. The president said his decision to decline assent to the bill was informed by counsel from the relevant ministries, departments and agencies. I have received informed advice from relevant ministries, departments and agencies of the government and I have also carefully reviewed the bill in light of the current realities prevalent in the Federal Republic of Nigeria in the circumstances. Arising from the review, Mr. Senate President may wish to note that the conduct of elections for the nomination of party candidates solely via direct primaries as envisaged by the Electoral Amendment Bill 2021 has serious adverse legal, financial, economic and security consequences which cannot be accommodated at the moment considering our nation's peculiarities. Reactions have been trailing the decision of the president to decline assent to the Electoral Act Amendment Bill. As Benway State Governor Samuel Autumn said the refusal of the president based on the controversial direct primary mode is in order. He, however, asked the National Assembly to heed the call of the people for electronic transmission of results from the polling units. Governor Ortom said he agreed with the president on the financial and security challenges as a result of the gaps to effectively protect and regulate the process of direct primary. He also charged the National Assembly to see those reactions or rather those reasons and work on the bill that will address all the gray areas in the electoral process. All the reasons that Mr. President advance the support for he withholding his assent are deeply appreciated and I can assure you that as a veteran politician who had the privilege to witness direct primaries, witness indirect primaries and witness consensus primaries. I'm someone who I had the privilege of being a member of various political parties. And of course, it was almost unanimous that the issue of primaries should be the responsibility of political parties. That is why in our various political parties' constitution, it has been enshrined 
that issues of primaries rest with political parties. We spoke to some Nigerians who expressed disappointment on the failure of the president to assent to the bill. It's unhealthy for our polity, for our democracy at the moment. You know, considering a lot of things, the, the polity is heated up at the moment. So he should have considered the the interest of the majority because majority of Nigerians actually, you know, ex- expected him to append a signature to that um, bill. Now that he has not signed this, the constitutional window for this has closed. So the National Assembly should do the needful. We cannot afford to be backward in our doings. We need to use modern technology for electoral processes. And as such, if he refuses to sign and the National Assembly does not do the needful, then we are going to remain backward. I believe strongly that the refusal of our President Muhammad Buhari to assent to the amended electoral bill is selfish and self-serving. It will not favor the ruling party, the APC. That is why um, he's stalling from giving his assent on the bill. It just speaks volume of the kind of governance that we have adopted in Nigeria. I feel very bitter about it and I just hope that he can actually make amends and sign it. He has been prevailed upon by the governors and the leadership of the party. Uh, they know what they are doing. He, he will not sign it. And it's bad for democracy. It, it, it's bad for, uh, I mean, for the people. Nigeria's President Mohamedou Buhari on Tuesday received a COVID-19 booster shot at the State House in Abuja. The federal government had commenced the administration of booster shots earlier this month as steps to halt the spread of Omicron, a relatively new variant of the COVID-19 virus. The executive director of the National Primary Healthcare Development Agency, Faisal Shuaib, said the country reviewed the vaccination program and resolved to introduce the booster dose using Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine across the country. Persons eligible for the booster dose must be 18 years and above, fully vaccinated with either two doses of AstraZeneca, Moderna, or Pfizer-BioNTech, or a single dose of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The time interval before the booster dose is at least six months for these vaccines, except the Johnson & Johnson, which is at least two months. In the meantime, the federal government has finally reinstated Emirates Airlines' 21 frequencies to Nigeria. This was contained in a letter signed by the Director General of the Civil Aviation Authority, NCAA, Musa Nuhu, addressed to the country manager, Emirates Airlines. The approval is predicated on compliance with the Dubai Travel Protocol, as released by Dubai Airports on Friday, 26th of November, 2021, as it affects travellers traveling from Nigeria to UAE. It would be recalled that the federal government, through the NCAA, withdrew 21 weekly flights approved for Emirates and restricted the airline's flight to one. The NCAA Director General said the decision followed the refusal of the UAE General Civil Aviation Authority to grant three frequencies requested by Air Peace, the only Nigerian carrier operating to Dubai via Sharjah. The Chief Magistrate's Court in the Yaba area of Lagos, Nigeria, on Tuesday granted bail to five students of Doan College following a charge of conspiracy and homicide made against them by the police. The police charged the minors following the alleged murder of their schoolmate, Sylvester Oromoni, aged 12. 
On December 9th, the five minors were remanded to a juvenile home over the death of their schoolmate, who was allegedly attacked in a case of bullying while at the school. Chief Magistrate Olatumbosun Adiola, who heard the bail application, granted them bail in the sum of 1 million naira each. The magistrate also ordered the defendants to produce two shorties each in like sum. U.S. President Joe Biden's administration is to make 500 million rapid tests for COVID available free amid new measures to tackle the surging Omicron variant. President Biden will address the nation later, telling the people to protect themselves as the holiday season gets underway. The senior official said there will be more vaccines and more support for hospitals, but no need for a lockdown. Omicron has become the dominant strain in the U.S., accounting for nearly three-quarters of all new cases. Manchester United on Tuesday reopened their training ground as it was closed because of a rise in COVID-19 cases. United shot the first team section of their Carrington facility last week and had top-flight games against Brentford and Brighton postponed. The club said players have returned to training on a staggered basis and on Monday, Premier League and English Football League clubs chose to fulfill festive fixtures despite ongoing COVID-19 disruptions. The Senate in Nigeria has passed a 17.126 trillion naira budget for the 2022 fiscal year, jerking the appropriation bill by 735.8 billion naira. The upper legislative chamber passed the bill for third reading after Barao Jibrin, chairman of the appropriation committee, presented a report for the consideration of his colleagues. The House of Representatives also raised and passed the exact figure on Tuesday. Jibrin said the committee raised oil price benchmarks to 62 dollars per barrel from the 57 dollars proposed by the executive to reflect the current economic realities after presenting his report the senate's president ahmad lawan dissolved into the committee of supply to consider clauses of the 2022 appropriation bill South Africa's North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria on Wednesday granted former President Jacob Zuma leave to appeal last week's court ruling that declared his medical parole release unlawful. This came after the same court ruled on December 15th that former Corrections Commissioner Arthur Fraser's decision to place Zuma on medical parole was unlawful and must be overturned, meaning Zuma must return to prison. Judge Elias Matojane said the former president can now appeal that finding. Eight-year-old Jacob Zuma was convicted and sentenced for defying a court order that he appear before a government-backed commission probing allegations of corruption during his tenure as president from 2009 to 2018. Turkish authorities have arrested an American diplomat working for the U.S. consulate in Beirut for allegedly helping a Syrian national to fly to Germany on a fake diplomatic passport. The police say the diplomat identified by the initials DJK was accused of forging official documents and trying to help the Syrian national leave Turkey but was arrested in Istanbul. The statement further alleged that both suspects have been taken into custody.
President Mohamed Buhari has arrived Maiduguri, the Borno state capital, in official state visit. The president was received by Babagana Zulum, governor of the state, Usman Kadafur, his deputy, members of national and state houses of assembly, and some top government officials. While inaugurating some projects, President Buhari scored his administration high in tackling the various challenges bedeviling the country. Within these 17 months, I think Nigerians will be in a position to judge what this administration has done under my leadership. When we came in, the security, the economy, and the most difficult one is fighting corruption. When I came in uniform, much younger and a bit ruthless, I arrested those I thought had been corrupt and detained them. And I had a series of investigation panels almost based on the geopolitical zones. The ministers, the governors, the commissioners, and those who had first status. Because those times you have to declare your asset before you go in. We say this is what is your asset you declared, this is what you have now. Can you explain the difference? If you don't explain the, friend, the difference, we take it away from you and we quietly put you in Kiriki or elsewhere. Eventually, I myself was arrested. And for three and a quarter hours, I was detained. I think when they found that I don't have any cover any, from anybody, they let me go. So I joined partisan politics and said, let me see what other Nigerians are saying in this Babariga. I joined it and I am having my final time. Meanwhile, the Islamic State in West Africa province, ISWAP, on Thursday launched multiple rocket attacks on Maiduguri, Borno State capital. The insurgents launched the attacks ahead of President Mohamedou Buhari's visit to the city to inaugurate projects done by the state government. The explosives landed in several areas, which include Ngomari, Bulumkutu, Ajilari, and Ayafe communities within the metropolis. The insurgents were said to have launched the attack from the outskirts of Aunu, which is about 15 kilometers away from the city. Residents within the area scampered for safety amid sounds of explosion. We are all, we don't even know what to do right now. This explosive, if you stay in though, it will still come. So we just don't really know what to do. So they have, the cops is right uh, beside me. They have covered the cops with, uh, with uh, mats, as you can see. People are in a serious panic. The outside, everyone is outside. Just panic. Three people are now confirmed dead in a landslide at Jade Mine in northern Myanmar. The disaster occurred before dawn at the Hikpant area of Kachin State, the heart of the country's jade industry. Rescue workers say the landslide swept dozens of workers into a nearby lake. Initial reports say as many as 70 people were missing in the disaster, but authorities say they are still trying to confirm those numbers. Authorities in Thailand intercepted more than 193 kilograms of amphetamine hidden in punching bags bound for Australia, where it would have a street value of almost $30 million. The drugs packed in bags, each weighing more than 10 kilograms, were hidden in 15 punching bags. Officials told a news conference the shipment was inspected by Thai Customs after authorities grew suspicious since the Thai-made boxing training tool is not in high demand in Australia. They did not provide details of when the drugs were seized. Due to the large number of COVID-19 cases in the Leeds and Watford teams, both 
Premier League Boxing Day meetings have been postponed. Leeds' trip to Anfield to face Liverpool was cancelled, as has Watford's away fixture against the Wolves. Both games were scheduled to begin at 12.30pm on Sunday. The Hornets have insufficient numbers to field a team with a number of players and staff in isolation after their previous Premier League match against Crystal Palace was also postponed. The Whites, on their own part, have five more positive cases among the first team players and staff. President Mohamed Buhari has received in audience Senate President Ahmad Lawan and Speaker of the House of Assembly Femi Bajab Biamila at the State House. The meeting came soon after the President refused to sign the Electoral Act Amendment Bill forwarded to him by the National Assembly. The contentious issue of direct primaries for political parties in the bill topped the agenda. Lawan, speaking to journalists after the meeting, said the final decision on the matter will be in the interest of the electorate. Both federal legislative arms had hinted on moves to veto the president's decision not to sign the bill, with senators reported to have embarked on a mission to collect signatures of lawmakers to enable them override the president's decision. But Speaker Agbaja Biamila denied this. President Mohamed Buhari says insecurity in Nigeria will soon be history. In his Christmas message... On Christmas Day, Buhari said, Though remarkable successes have been made in the area of fighting insecurity, there are still some challenges. The president said there's a need for the economic community of West African states, ECOWAS, to fight insecurity together. President Buhari has also appealed to citizens to take the COVID-19 vaccine as a means of curbing the spread of the infection. The federal government has, in the meantime, declared free train services across the country. According to the spokesman of the Nigeria Railway Corporation, NRC, Mr. Mahmoud Yakub, the free services can be enjoyed by Nigerians between the 24th and January 4th, 2022. He said the free service covers all standard gauge and narrow gauge services of the NRC across its network. These include the Abuja Kaduna train service, Lagos Ibadan train service, Wari Itakwe, Kano Lagos, Mina Kaduna, and Abba Portakot. As reactions continue to trail the refusal of President Mohamed Buhari to assent to the Electoral Act Amendment Bill 2021, the Nigerian Bar Association NBA, an umbrella body of lawyers practicing in the country, has expressed disappointment that the bill was vetoed by the president. The NBA said the development has offered reasons to join the voices with civil society organizations in Nigeria to express discontent at the manner the document, as important as it is to the political development of Nigeria, was treated. Describing President Buhari's veto of the bill was unfortunate. NBA President Ulumide Akwasa said though his rejection was his constitutional prerogative, but the NBA was not convinced that the president declined the assent in good faith. Chairman, Section of Public Interest and Development Law, Barrister Monday Ubani, said the leadership of the National Assembly know the right thing to do. Barrister Ubani is of the opinion that the baby should not be thrown out with the bathwater. 
President Mohamedou Buhari on Friday swore in the newly appointed minister representing Taraba, Malam Mwazu Sambo. The event was held shortly before the opening of the meeting of the National Security Council in the presidential villa Abuja, same day. Sambo, who replaced the former minister of power, Maman Saleh, from Taraba, was posted to the Ministry of Works and Housing as Minister of State, Works and Housing. The United States government has announced that the travel ban imposed on eight South African countries will be lifted on December 31st. In November, the U.S. announced that, that foreigners who have traveled to eight Southern African countries within the last 14 days would not be allowed to enter the country over concerns related to the Omicron variant. The affected countries are South Africa, Botswana, Eswatini, Lesotho, Malawi, Mozambique, Zambia and Zimbabwe. The index case of Omicron was detected in South Africa and the WHO subsequently designated Omicron as a variant of concern. Owing to the detection of the new COVID variant, many countries imposed travel restrictions on African countries, a move that was criticized by WHO. Announcing the suspension of the travel ban, Kevin Munoz, a White House spokesperson in a tweet on Friday, said the decision was recommended by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Burnley's Premier League match against Everton, scheduled for Boxing Day, has been postponed after Everton requested the game be called off a second time. Everton requested that their game against the Clarets be postponed due to COVID-19 outbreak at the club and a six-man injury list. But the request was denied. On Thursday, Rafael Benitez told reporters he was surprised the game would be played. However, after requesting that the match be postponed once more, Premier League agreed to cancel it on Christmas Eve. COVID-19 related cancellations have already wreaked havoc on Burnley's season, while the Clarets have only played 15 Premier League games. Others have played all 18. And that's it on this week's edition of the News Periscope podcast. My name is Titilayo Oyinso. If you have news for us, you'd like us to add your information to our bulletin, reach out newsperiscopepodcast at gmail.com or on WhatsApp on 0805-4444-795. Compliments of the season and thanks for listening. sales of your business we are your compass chart your course towards your targets africa business radio towards a profitable africa